Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing Onboard NWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Hello, Northwest Arkansas. Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas, big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilbur. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm here today with, well, lately, you know, it's funny because before I introduce my guest, I have been running into some really brilliant people in the Ozarks here, in the NWA ecosphere. And uh, if that is a word, yeah, I guess that is a word. So I'm going to use it. I'm going to co-opt that word, ecosphere. I've run into a number of people up here in Northwest Arkansas that are doing some great things with business, that are doing some, that have taken ideation to a whole new level, that have decided to develop something from nothing. And this guest that I'm having on today is no different. Uh, he is 19 years old. He His name is Tanner Green, and he is the head of operations with Oculogix. He's also the founder of Fastbag, getfastbags.com, 
And he reached out to me and I was like, wow, you know, I had, to, I had to look him up and check into him and see what he was doing. And I said, yeah, I definitely want to have him on the podcast since our focus has always been the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life here in the Ozarks. And, you know, he represents a couple of facets of, of what we like to focus on here on I Am Northwest Arkansas. So without further ado, Tanner Green, welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the introduction and I'm very happy to be able to have this conversation with you. I'm yep. just very passionate that we both share the same love for Northwest Arkansas. I'm an <laughs> Arkansas native and I've grown up here my entire life. So I'm just very grateful for this opportunity and thank you so much for the kind words. Oh, no problem. No problem. Well, listen, why don't you tell the audience what we like to ask, and this is just a standard thing. Want to get your superhero origin story? You know, I know it's only 19 years long, but a lot can happen in 19 years. So, so why don't you just tell the a audience lot, yeah. a little bit about Tanner and and how you ended up right here where you are? Yeah, a lot has happened in 19 years, and I always have a difficult time probably deciding where to start. Um, <laughs> if I had to decide, I I probably say probably around the age of 13 or 14 years old, I I got my first computer. And, and I had it and I was like, man, what should I do with this thing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I decided that I should probably teach myself something that I enjoy and something that I can just kind of dive into. And so, first thing that I realized was something like Photoshop and graphic design. And so, mm -hmm. at 13, 14 years old, I spent a, I'd say every single day for a couple of years just learning graphic design and, and learning the ins and outs of what it means to like build a brand and, and just kind of go from there. And so, at a really young age, I was learning graphic design and learning Photoshop. And I always had this passion too for entrepreneurship and just creating things. Mm -hmm. So at a really young age, my brother and I built an, an eBay store and started selling items on eBay. And so there was just kind of this weird complex going on at a really young age where I was learning graphic design and I was learning these skills and these traits. And I was kind of had like this side hustle at a really young age, you know, going to the post office with like a bunch of random boxes <laughs> and people looking at me like, they don't know what I'm selling. Yeah. But <laughs> What's this kid doing here? Yeah, what is so. this kid doing? And so at a really young age, I just... I had this this desire to do more and to create things and mm -hmm. was able to be fostered at a at a really young age. And growing up in Northwest Arkansas only made it that much easier with all the resources. Um when I was I think I was fifteen years old, I went to a startup junkie entrepreneurship boot camp. Okay. There I met Omar Kasem, who you've had on the <laughs> podcast. And right. I kind of got this this thirst for entrepreneurship. And it was kind of, you know, with that experience, I was like, I want to be an entrepreneur, whatever that means. Like, right. that's what I want to be and I'm going to go and I'm going to get it and I'm going to make it happen. And so, that only expedited that process more and more. And uh, throughout high school, I kept selling things on eBay, kept learning graphic design mm -hmm. and doing everything that I can to just learn and always seeking to understand why things work and mm -hmm. never so much seeking to be understood and right. just learning and trying to soak up as much knowledge. Yeah, fast forward, I was in like a bunch of business clubs in high school and kind of wanted to figure out where I wanted to go after high school. Yeah. High school is a very small facet in life, as you can imagine. And so, I had a couple options for college and I eventually settled on um, going to school at Sam Walton College of Business. It made the most sense uh, financially and as much as I love Northwest Arkansas, it, it, was, it was the way to go. And so, I went, I started my first year and simultaneously, I got an internship at Startup Junkie, okay. the very same place that kind of fostered my passion for entrepreneurship. And I had that internship there starting college and I went for a year and I had a great experience. And then I kind of decided that, you know, college is a great place to go and to learn things. And I'm, I'm all about that. But I think the true meaning of an entrepreneur is to go out into the world and, and learn things that no one else knows and try to build something from the ground up. And so, I've had the opportunity to do that lately working at Oculogics and being able to start a couple of businesses and, and Fastbags is one of them. And uh, I'm just very thankful for the experience and thankful to be in a place like Northwest Arkansas and to have people like you that just continue to foster and encourage entrepreneurship as a whole. 
Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Those are those are kind words for sure. How did you well, for, I'm curious, how did you connect with Sharu, who Sharu and I'm referring to Sharu Thomas, who's actually going to be on this podcast at some point in time in the very near future, who founded Oculogics and she's also a Forbes 30 under 30. So, I mean, you know, I've always been taught that if you're in a room with really smart people, good things can happen. <laughs> but but how did you guys connect in the first place? Yeah. So, when I was working at Startup Junkie, they had just launched the Fuel Accelerator cohort. Okay. And Oculogics was one of those companies. And I had heard about Oculogics and I thought it was incredibly interesting. You know, fast forward, I ended my internship at Startup Junkie and I was working at a, another company at the time doing some some work. And I had reached back out to Michael Eisman at Startup Junkie and said like, hey, you know, like a bunch of cool startups came to Northwest Arkansas because of Fuel. Like what's a cool one to kind of keep my eye out for? And he had referenced Oculogics at one point. And so, I sent Sharu an email <laughs> and I said, hey, Sharu, like my name's Tanner. I'm really interested in working at a startup. Here's my resume. And um, I had a reference on there who happened to be a mutual connection. And she called the reference and he told her like, you need to stop what you're doing right now and, and go and hire him. Okay. <laughs> and so, she hired me as an intern and it was just the best decision I had made to send it cold email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I hope she's pretty happy with <laughs> following up and bringing me onto the team. Now, so, how long has that been? I've been working at Oculogics for 11 months. Wow. I love that. I love that. So, I mean, you know, my grandfather used to always say to me, a closed mouth doesn't get fed. Yeah. You got to open up your mouth. Exactly and I tell right. people, and, and you know, I listen to a lot of, I like, I listen to a lot of podcasts of different individuals, especially, um, I don't know if you ever listened to Guy Raz, How I Built This, which is mm -hmm. a great podcast. If you don't, you need to check it out yeah. because it, I mean, he interviews all of the major players, but they all seem to have a similar line in their story where a they didn't take no for an answer right so 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 they were told no thousands of times and they just kept moving forward the other thing was they were bold about just stepping out and connecting with somebody that they thought could help them get to wherever they ultimately wanted to go right and for a lot of us you know especially those of us in business you know we don't always clearly know where we want to go we know we want to be our own boss we want to be the master of our own domain but the reality is, is what, where do we want to get to? And a lot of times I think it's good to have examples of people that have achieved something. And you're saying, you know, I want to be where you, I want what you have, maybe not exactly what you have, but something along those lines. And then you kind of go after it. So I certainly applaud you. And I think anybody listening to this, I don't care what stage of life you're in. Sometimes you just have to pick up the phone and make a call. Sometimes you have to write an email or send a text. Yeah. And you never know where that will lead. But did you think that you would end up where you are now, 11 months later? Not at all. <laughs> That's the simplest <laughs> way to put it. Not even close. I've always kind of had this ongoing mantra that it's not about the plan. It's yeah. not about how you get there. What matters is that you have a goal that you want to achieve and that that vision just exists inside your mind and yeah. you just do whatever you have to do every single day in, in order to get there. And on that day, Back in, you know, July or August of last year, that day was sending an email. Like that was the to-do to do mm -hmm. that day to make that that vision a possibility. And, you know, events just kind of compound over time. And and here we are. And, you know, if you make a bunch of small actions, they they will add up. And yeah. that was just a, a small moment and everything that's happened that led me here. But, okay. Now, so just and just for our audience perspective, give us a quick cliff note version of what Oculogics is. Yeah. Yeah. 15 seconds, whatever. Just give us something. So they, in their mind, they can say, oh, okay, I understand that because it's going to reframe what I'm about to ask you after that. Yeah, absolutely. So. so Oculogics is a software company and we build software for order fulfillment. So if you go online and you place an order, someone, whether it's in a retail store or a warehouse, has to go and find that item. 
And so we build software for those employees that have to go and locate items. And uh, the software just helps them work more efficiently, mm-hmm. faster, and, and better. Okay. And now, so get fast bags, which is something that you was kind of like, that was your, that's your baby, right? And so that, in terms of cart before the horse, did, that did not come before Oculogics. Is that no, correct? No. So that came because of Absolutely. what you were exposed to at Oculogics. And then all of a sudden you started seeing other ways to ideate and come up with some, 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 you know, bigger, better mousetraps. That's, that's exactly right. So, you know, Oculogics was building order fulfillment software. And I know I was getting some great exposure and learning a lot mm-hmm. of, you know, all the, the ins and outs of, of that space. And, you know, then a global pandemic struck <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> yeah, I was that little sitting, thing that's happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we've heard of it. That started to happen. And um, a friend of mine who also works at Oculogics, his name's Philip Cannon. We sat down and we're like, well, we should kind of make something, you know, based on all this experience and knowledge that we have that can just hopefully make people's lives a little bit easier right now. Yeah. And, and the product of that after several days of sitting down for 12 hours straight was fast bags. And it was, let's figure out some way to, to bring groceries to people's doors. Let's do it absolutely free. Right. And let's just try to make life a, a little bit easier for people right now. And if it works for a week, we'll have done something productive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If it works for a month, we'll have really contributed. And you know, if it can last for, for a long time, then, then that'll just feel really good knowing that when I, you know, everything that was happening with COVID was going down, we were able to really make something that can have a positive impact and shine some sort of light. Oh man, I love that. So walk me through this because I know a lot of times when people hear this, they just think automatically somebody jumps on their computer and starts typing up a bunch of code. But I don't think it was that way. How did you guys kind of iterate and and walk through this process so that people have a better understanding and appreciation for, you know, what is required to create something? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm looking behind you that where there's a, there's a really this room, the well this, the paint has, um, you know how these rooms have paint where you can paint on a dry erase board, which I absolutely love because you can put all kinds of stuff on here. But I would imagine you being in a room like this where you have this whole wall to just write up your ideas and, and oh, no, that's wrong. Race that, start again yeah. and do, go that way. So yeah, absolutely. walk us through that. Absolutely. So I think what's really important when you're creating a business is that you kind of decide, are a small amount of people going to love this or are a bunch of people just going to kind of like this? Right. And, you know, we knew being here in Northwest Arkansas, wanting to create something, you know, in this vertical in which we were operating that, you know, a small amount of people need to really, really like it. Yeah. And so, we kind of started there. And then you also have to create some sort of overarching thesis. And one of our overarching theses that we believe will come true over time is the fact that, you know, grocery stores are going to transform in the next year, five years to 10 years. And, or die. Or die. That's exactly right. You're <laughs> yeah, either going to have so to transform it's, it's or not other. exist. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so, we know that, you know, grocery stores are, are going to have them to make a change and they're going to have to do so either by offering delivery or, or pickup. And that was kind of the thesis that existed. And then based, you know, on our experience and our knowledge at Archaeologics, it just kind of made perfect sense. Mm-hmm. You know, we had all the technical infrastructure to make something like this with without as much work as you might expect, right? right? Because when you build software for companies that just do order fulfillment, it's like you just kind of go and it's not as simple as copy and paste, obviously, but it's like you've got a very nice baseline to get started and to build it on. And so, yeah, we kind of decided the direction that we want to go and we made sure that it was thesis driven and that it was going to last. And then from there, you, you just start working and having someone to work with definitely helps. And um, we're both very passionate about building something that's purposeful mm-hmm. 
and that is going to be transformative. And, and that's what I think Fast Bags is and cool. You know, as it kind of grows and changes over time, that's what it's going to do. Okay. I love that. So, and did you did, now, how, did you teach yourself to code? Are you coding actually? Or, or do you do some of that? Because I know some people that don't code. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's this whole no code movement. <laughs> and I have some friends that no code all the time. And they, they, they code, but they don't code because they, they just kind of cobble things together and it works. Like That's I had a exactly buddy right. create like literally from scratch. And this is a big shout out to my friend Sanjay, but my friend Sanjay and I worked together and he just like from scratch cobbled together through no code and actually really strong workable job board, an online job board. And yeah, so, I mean, it's what can be done today versus what things were like even just 10 years ago, five years ago for that matter. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, I think it's really important that you just kind of pick something that you can contribute. And and so from my experience, I'm actually not a programmer and okay. I can't code. I love that's that. That's why I've got Philip because <laughs> Philip is the epitome of a software engineer right. and can make anything from scratch. Right. All of my skills and, and trades are all based more on design and building products. And so that's definitely where my abilities and, and, and Philip's kind of came together was that I kind of, we kind of have this vision. You know, I kind of build a website. I can do all the marketing. I can make this operation exist. And Philip can do all that hard work on right, the back end, right, the work right. that nobody else sees. And so it's, it's, like, it's probably it's like, harder than what I'm doing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> you, so you could take care of some of the UI UX and then, and then he can take care of the exactly guts right. of it. That's so, exactly yeah. right. And that's in, in Oculogics, that's where some of my work also takes place is, you know, the user experience. That's one of my favorite things. It's definitely a culmination of that and, and marketing and, and brand strategy. I just, I love... I'm very visual and I always have been. And I love seeing things come to life. I like building things and seeing them. And code is the exact same thing. It just operates in a very different way. And so it's it's very interesting seeing how people who are very left brain oriented or right brain oriented mm-hmm. can really come together and create something special. Yeah. Yeah. And usually if you can get two people like that together that can communicate effectively, there's pretty much no limit Right, because you figure the one the one can have the great the amazing ideas, and the others can it can can apply it and say, "Oh, I can make that this way." So that's exactly right, and that's just the power of like building a team dynamic and anything that you're doing. And you can always do things by yourself, and you can always build awesome things. But when you can get together with someone that complements your skill set, mm-hmm. you just there are no bounds to which you can create. And that's exactly what we did at Fastbags. We made Fastbags in a couple of weeks. Right. It just happened. And we did that because we had the skills, we complemented each other well, and uh, we just worked hard. And that's the product of it. So in your mind, as you created Fastbags, what is the span of of companies that you would you probably would be a great opportunity for, for yeah. them to use? Yeah, absolutely. So right now with fast bags, we're we're delivering people groceries. Okay. And it's it's very simple. This is like this is exactly where we're starting. Yeah. As we grow, I think we can be able to compete with companies like Instacart. But the difference is is I could see fast bags really partnering and doing the in-store fulfillment for those small to medium-sized grocery companies that don't have the technical infrastructure in order to do so. Okay. So the whole idea with the, with something like Instacart is that they can just kind of plug in and you know, some person can come and, and do your groceries and, and it works great. But n- not a lot of those small to medium-sized grocers have the technical infrastructure to be able to present Instacart with all their inventory and all these things because it's just not that simple. And some yeah. of these grocers have been operating for 10, 20, 30, 50 years and they haven't had to have all that. And as the, the landscape of retail is transforming, I think someone is going to have to come along and not necessarily help those companies expand their lifespan or anything, but it's like there's a nice supplement 
that can keep them competing with those very large retailers like Walmart. And as Amazon continues to grow and, and, and step into the space, that's definitely the long-term strategy for fast bags is how can we help those small to medium-sized grocers offer more and do more for what they're already doing and at the same time still be able to focus on what they do and that's run a grocery store. Mm-hmm. And hopefully fast bags can just really help give them like an extra arm's length to, to really capture more of the market and cast a wider net. I mean, would you even see it going as small as like a little bodega that has a regular group of customers coming in? Because I was talking to somebody the other day and we were talking about how, you know, the buying habits of people, obviously, even during the pandemic has changed how people buy. Like my wife has been using, and this is not a shout out to them, but she's just been used. She's, she never used it before, but she's been using Walmart's online market to, to purchase things. And then she just goes there and it's like, it's ready. They know when she's coming. She pops open the back of the, the, the minivan and she gets her stuff and she's gone, yeah. you know? And, and, and she actually, at first she wasn't sure she was going to like the experience, but she loves it. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, man, I wonder if this place is going to do that. And I wonder if that place is going to exactly. do that. So it seems like the application has legs and can be utilized in a, in a wide variety of ways. It does. Absolutely. The online grocery market was 3% before COVID-19. And now <laughs> after COVID-19, it's 9%. And it's only going to grow more and more. Right, right, and right. so for these companies to be able to compete, they're going to have to offer some sort of delivery or you know these curbside pickup options. And yeah, I think that's where fast bags can be able to step in. I think our goal with our leadership team is to essentially be able to operate in set areas mm-hmm. and have a couple of those channel partners, right? So if we're operating in Fayetteville, we can partner with a couple local stores and a couple grocers, and then that's what we serve for Fayetteville. Okay. And then we move on and we go to somewhere like Oklahoma City, right. or we go to Omaha, Nebraska. Right. And then we just branch out to these smaller metropolitan areas that are going to have a very similar community assets to Northwest Arkansas. And mm-hmm. so that's definitely the the strategy there is we want to empower those the small to medium businesses with the tools that they need mm-hmm. to compete. Okay. All right. Well, great. Well, hopefully you'll be able to kind of take this podcast episode and, and push it out as you share marketing materials to let people know what you guys are all about and what you're doing so they can really capture the essence of what getfastbags.com is all about. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited because I know that we're going to you know, where we where you start is never where you finish. Right. And so I'm just really excited for us to to learn more about what we're doing and, and be able to have more opportunities. And over time, it's only going to strengthen. And hopefully, you know, the, our thesis-driven approach is only proven to be somewhat correct. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to talk ab- about you just a little bit more. So 13 years old, you get your you get your computer. And I, I kind of remember those days because I back in, and I'm dating myself now, but yeah. I had a Commodore VIC. That was a big deal because like kids in, in 79 and 1980 didn't have computers at their home. But I remember my mom getting me a Commodore Vic with the floppy disk and all that. And, you know, I wish I had really stuck with it like a Bill Gates did or some of these other people yeah. and really made it work. But I mean, you, you, you had that experience and you've kind of, it's morphed into something else. What do you feel is next for you? I mean, you're only 19. The sky is the limit. You've got two opera, two programs, two companies under your belt now that you're working with. And I mean, now, you haven't even graduated from college yet, have you? No, I decided to kind of forego college. I think that's kind of where For a the, minute. the route that I'm going. Yeah, I might go back. But, you know, right now, I think, you know, college is a, a really great track for a lot of people. And I think for me that, you know, the entrepreneurial route doesn't always require it. And I've always just kind of been like a self-starter. And so, as I've kind of gotten to know myself more and more, I'm not sure college is the, the best avenue. You know, and I'm also like, I'm not very smart. Like, I didn't get a scholarship to the university. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, like, that's right, the reality right, of it. Right. But you don't have to be, you know, text, very textbook smart to, 
going to do that. But well, you got to so work hard. That's you got to work hard, and, yeah. and that's exactly right. That's so, so what I'm doing. I'm curious. How did that conversation go over at home? How, how, <laughs> how did that? You know, and I don't want to rub salt in a wound, but no. but how did you? I mean, in your mind, you were like, okay, well, if I'm gonna go, because everybody's got to have a plan, right? If if, yeah. if I'm gonna go this route. I'm sure Bill Gates said the same thing to his parents. Like, hey, listen, I'm going to go do this. And I'm sure they were like, oh, okay, well, go ahead and do that. And if it doesn't work out, then you can always go back to school. Because that's what that's what um, Sir Richard Branson's parents said. For sure. They were like, listen, you can go back and get a law degree if this virgin whatever doesn't work. <laughs> and billions of dollars later, here yeah. here he is, right? Yeah. So so I'm just curious, you know, without getting too deep into no, the details, how did, it, how, how, did it, how did it go? <laughs> so, you know, I did have, I had one scholarship. Yep. And so I went to the group that had offered me that scholarship and I said, hey, I'm going to take a, a semester off. Can you guys put this scholarship on hold? And here's why I'm taking this semester off. Here's this opportunity mm-hmm. that I have. And they said, yeah, we'll hold your scholarship. You know, go and, go and do what you need to do. So I took that and I went to my parents. My mom's a school teacher. You know, okay. my dad worked manual labor his whole life. And right. so going to college, that's like, that's a, that's a very big deal. And Absolutely. so it wasn't so much a difficult conversation as I thought it might have been or that you might sus- suspect. I think that they just believe in me. And, you know, I'd say the one thing that they always told me to that always ended up being true is like your greatest asset is yourself. Yeah. And being yourself is kind of a superpower. And Absolutely. so if you can envision the direction that you're going to go and you believe in yourself, almost to the point of <laughs> it's kind of crazy <laughs> yeah. that that things will go well. And so it felt like that was the the route route to go and i'm i'm very happy with the decision that i've made yeah and it's not to say that college is always going to be there um and some of people that i look up to a lot and that i aspire to be like you know they didn't take the college route and um you know it, here i am you yeah. know things things are things are going okay and like you said it's like you know i've been able to start fast bags and and work at archaeologics you know in the long run it's like i don't really know what i want to do yet and i feel like that is kind of a great part about it is obviously I want to create transformative ventures that are going to make people's lives easier. Yeah. Like that's uh, definitely the the broader message for what I think I'm trying to accomplish. But I want to like experiment with other things. Like I want to write books and yeah. I want to like philosophize, you know, about life. And that's kind of where I see myself in, in the long run. And, you know, the only way to get there is to live life and yep. to make mistakes and Absolutely. to do things that I'm doing now. And so, I think that this is just for me, you know, a very early stage and in, in what's to come. And I don't know what the future looks like, but I know that I just keep working hard and putting myself hopefully in situations to, you know, if you don't succeed, you're going to learn a lot that this is a great place to be at. Absolutely. Well, I've always been a big believer that your experience or testimony or whatever you have to share about your life work is really what is what people relate to, right? Because a lot of people will end up seeing themselves in you. So maybe somebody listening to this is 16 years old right now going to Fayetteville High School, but he's torn between you know, making his parents happy and going to college versus he's got this grandiose idea and he could literally change the world. I mean, you could change the world with the way Fastbags is set up with what you're doing with Oculogics. You really could. I mean, that's to me, that's always the upside, right? I mean, and then the worst case scenario is that, hey, you know, in a couple of years you decide, you know, I'm going to go back to school and finish up and then we'll see what life has to lead. But I think there are plenty of opportunities out there to take advantage of that. And, you know, I'm a big fan of Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you follow yeah, Gary. So, yeah. So, yeah. you so you probably eat, eat what Gary is serving just like yeah. I do. But but and I went to school. I got a, I got a college degree, but I totally get it. And I now more than ever before realize that some people, and I'm not suggesting that's your case, but some people just aren't cut out for college. Yeah. Doesn't mean that they won't go on to do great things. I, I understand that we hold a college degree in high esteem. 
in this society, right? But there's a ton of folks that I, I personally know that have done amazing things, have made more money than they ever know what to do with, and they never stepped foot inside of a, the, the four walls of a college yeah, classroom. That's, that's exactly right. And, you know, I had a you know, a very different life experience than, than others might have as well. Like my brother is like one of the most important people in my life and is like mm-hmm. my biggest role model. And he's uh, 32 or 33. I can't even remember. And, and, you know, he went to college and he got a bachelor's and, and he got a master's. And, you know, and he told me, it's like, like, hey, I went and did this, but like, this isn't the way like, you don't have to do this. Right, right. And, you know, having someone you can look up to like him and say like, you know, you can go this route and like, I'm going to support you. And, you know, mom and dad are going to support you. That was... That was incredible. Yeah. I'm very thankful to definitely have that, yeah. um, that experience. Yeah, and and you know when you when you when I was in high school, like, and if you would have told me when I was 16 or 17 that I would have gone to college and not finished, like, mm-hmm. I probably would have laughed. <laughs> like, <laughs> like why would I not go and finish? Right. But you know, the reality of it is, I kind of had this vision of you know the difference that I want to make and how I want to contribute, and I saw people you know that were graduating college and they're getting these great jobs. And I remember when I first went to the university. And them talking about how, you know, you can go to you know, business school and you can graduate and get a job making $80,000 a year mm-hmm. and you get a company car and all these cool things. And like, I didn't care about any of that. Like, right. I didn't want to make $80,000 a year and, and get an Audi. Right. Like, I wanted to wake up every day excited about yeah. what I was doing. That mattered so much more to me. Exactly. And in college is a great place, especially if you're learning a trade that is always going to be around. And it's just like this, it's like having a superpower in that. Yeah. And, you know, for me, it was just like man, I just want to wake up excited and like yeah. do something yeah, and yeah, like yeah. be pumped. Yeah. And yeah. college, that's not the route. Yeah. There is no, there is no route. You kind of got to figure it out. And so, thankfully, I've just kind of been, you know, going in that direction where I'm, I feel like I'm learning a little bit more every day. I'm always seeking to understand how things work. And, mm-hmm. and that definitely is a, a big pillar of it, I'd say. Wow. Well, I love that. So, outside of the sphere of influence of the people that you have around you right now, who else is a big influence on you in, in terms of uh, as a thought leader, as a book that you've read? that has really helped you. I'd be curious because maybe somebody else could benefit from that. Yeah, there's been a lot. And depending on the day of the week that you ask me, <laughs> you might get a different answer. <laughs> but I would say- I'm like that. So, don't worry about that. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. I would say, you know, very, very relevant to like the last year of my life. I always have books that I say I'm going to read. Yeah. And I wait to read them until I feel like I'm at a point in my life when I need to read them. Sure. And so, sure. I have a list that I have. It's like, these are the books that I want to read, but- I'm not going to go, you know, decide to read them today. I'm going to wait until there's a moment in time. And for me, I read a book called The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Mm-hmm. And I read it the week before I decided to drop out of college. Okay. And <laughs> and that played a, a very big role in my life. But as, you know, in regards to thought leaders, people I look up to, Ryan Holiday, the author of that book is definitely one of them. He's a big proponent of Stoic philosophy. Absolutely. And, he, wrote, he wrote Ego is the Enemy. Which and, is the next which book. Which is one of my read. favorite books ever. And I, anybody that I, that, I, that I know that I care about that has a big head, I typically give them <laughs> that book or tell them to read it. So I've, you know. uh, I've actually bought that book as a gift for a couple people. And because it's one of those things, it's, it's like you, you read the cover and it's like, are you telling me I have an ego? Right. And it's like, no, just yeah, read the just book read the and book. you'll understand. Right. Exactly. And, and that was... Um, yeah, so the obstacle is the way he goes the enemy, mm-hmm. and then stillness is the key, which is his newest one. Ryan Holiday yeah. and the idea of Stoic philosophy has been a has definitely had a, a huge influence. I'd say beyond that, have you read any of Adam Grant stuff? No, like Origins and some I know, others. I know the names. Yeah, for Adam sure. Grant is a real big on on organizational and, and leadership development, mm-hmm. and um, 
He is a professor at Wharton and just an amazing guy. But um, he's kind of in that same vein as Orion Holiday. But Origins is an amazing book. And really, if, if, I mean, the, some of these books are just incredible because if nothing else, and, and a lot of what Adam Grant talks about in Origins is um, some of what you experience by virtue of you just stepping out in faith and sending off that email yeah. and just, you know, saying, hey, I don't, you know. I don't have a dog in the fight. Let me just put myself out there and see what happens. I think that, that the challenge is, is that, I mean, Tanner, you've learned something at 19 that a lot of people don't learn at 40 mm-hmm. or at 60, is that, you know, you have to put yourself out there and then the world will respond. Yeah, that's exactly right. And one of, another thinker that I like a lot is Naval. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you've heard of yeah, him. Yeah, sure. And one of the, his quotes, I, I could never say it perfectly, but it's something along the lines of like, the world is almost like numb in the sense that it doesn't have like a good or bad. It, whatever exists is whatever you bring to the table. Right. So if you bring in that good attitude of like, you know, I'm going to make the right connections and I'm going to do what it needs to, I'm going to do what I need to do to make it to somewhere, then that's, you allow that reality to exist and, and to manifest. And so I'm thankful to have learned it at such a young age. And it was definitely the product of trying things. And, you know, growing up, I, I didn't touch on this because I didn't know really when to start, but I had a, <laughs> when I was 11, 14, and 15, I tore my ACL. Oh, wow. Three times. Okay. And I had three surgeries within five years. You know, it was like two years of physical therapy. We got three screws in my left Were knee. Were you playing sports? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I was growing up, I was huge into football and basketball. Like, okay. I wanted to be a, a D1 yeah. basketball player. Right, You know, right. I never got over 5'8", but I still think I had a shot. <laughs> that, that was all I ever wanted to do growing right. up. I'm just extremely competitive in that nature. And so, you know, I just had a, a different life experience than a lot of people. Like when you're 11 years old and you tear your ACL and you're the youngest person that the doctor's ever seen, yeah. there's a, you know, consciousness really starts to kick in around 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. Like you really start understanding like, okay, if I hurt someone, they're going to feel pain. You start to understand cause and effect. And for me, being 11 years old and having to go to physical therapy and like watching my knee not work, like mm-hmm. not knowing how to walk, that was a, that was a life-changing experience. Right. And so, it kind of put me in that situation where I started to almost have like this existential crisis. Like here I am, 11 years old, and this is the situation I'm in. Mm-hmm. And then that only, you know, grew because it happened two more times. And then on the third surgery, they had to go into my good knee. And so, and I'm laying in bed at 15 years old. You know, there, there's so much to go do in the world. Neither one of my legs work. You know, my parents have to like hold me in the shower. And, you know, it, there's no reason that it happened along the same time that my passion to go out into the world and to just make things, it all kind of mix right at the same time. Like yeah. it's not by accident. No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And things happen for a reason. So, yeah. and, and I, I firmly believe that, but uh, I appreciate you sharing that because I think that's, that's good for some people to hear. Sometimes we ignore those things and just think, oh, that was just a bump in the road. No, it wasn't a bump. It was, you know, a reminder that, hey, there may be some other things that you, you could do. And you're given that time to exercise that option and see what happens. I think honestly, this bump in the road that we've had with the pandemic, I mean, I, I mean, a lot of lives have been lost. And I was really sad last week because, you know, when they announced that we had hit 100,000 people due to the pandemic, and it's just sad all around. But I also thought about the, I mean, there's the human cost, but then there, there was also an opportunity that was created by all this extra time that we've had with ourselves just to think and to process things. Like I've had more time with my family, of course, I've had more quality family time, but there's also been just opportunities for me to ideate and come up with new things that maybe I can do. And and if I had just been continuing to move at 90 miles an hour, you know, pre like I was pre-pandemic, I don't think I would have had that opportunity. 
Yeah, I could not could not agree anymore. You know, especially <laughs> when I was in that situation growing up, it's like when when you're just laying in bed and there's nothing you can do, it's like I can sit around right now and and choose to be miserable. Yeah. Like because the reality of it is like I was sitting in a house that had AC, I had running water, like right. I had everything I needed to survive. We just get so comfortable. It's like but I chose to put myself in a situation where I can like learn something and yeah. make this for the better. And we've all kind of been forced in that situation right now. And I just hope that you know, a lot of people have been able to kind of take a step back and understand what's important to them and understand that like, here we are living in this wonderful community that is Northwest Arkansas. Like we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. You know, if we don't have family or friends, hopefully we've got something we can relate to right. that can help us understand like what we bring to the world. And, you know, the pandemic, I just hope it's kind of brought people up in a way and like in regards to like their level of consciousness, yeah. conscientiousness and what, and what they see. I can only hope. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, we. I think we're all we're all that way with everything that's going on right now. So, but uh, man, I, I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to sit down with me and kind of share your story. I'm actually really energized by what you've you've been able to share, and and I'm actually afraid to ask you what's next because I'm sure there's something <laughs> good you've got up, up under your sleeves, even though you're wearing short sleeves right now. So, <laughs> so that's exciting. But seriously though, what what are you hoping to to see come to pass with Get Fast Carts and fastbags.com and and what you're doing with Oculogics. Yeah. It's a difficult question yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I yeah, I think it's important to think about the future, but it's also important to understand that what you're doing right now really matters and so mm-hmm. you can it's important to execute. You know, I hope with Fastbags we're just able to create something that's sustainable, something I want people that work for Fastbags to be able to wake up in the morning and sure. be proud of the fact that like they have this job mm-hmm. and they appreciate it and they respect it and they're thankful for it. I definitely want to be able to give people uh, that opportunity. I think, you know, our economy is going to grow and change over time and like a gig economy is going to become much more prominent and I hope fastbacks can can play a role in giving the opportunity to give people jobs. I mean, sure. like right now 30% of the US is unemployed, so like, you know, in running fastbacks it's like what can we do to give people jobs to Give people the leisurely to work whenever they want. Right. You know, that's definitely kind of a long-term strategy with fast bags and with Oculogics, just continue to learn and grow. I mean, that's that's all I'm I'm really focused on. I think if I can continue to learn and grow for the next several years, hopefully I'll I'll end up in a place that that makes sense. And I'd say that's where I'm at. Just yeah. keep keep learning and I remind myself every day to just to seek to understand. Right. That's what's really important. And yeah. you should never seek to be understood. Right. It's much more important to hear what other people have to say. I've always kind of thought that way. Like, you know what's going on in your head. Yeah. And not every time do you need to speak up. It's much more important to listen to what other people have to say. Absolutely. And you can absolutely. either build a business around it or yeah. uh, or just learn. Yeah. And so, there's there's a lot of ways. But. I love that. Well, hey, when you drop a little Stephen Covey on us, then that that's good. So, so while as we close up, just about Northwest Arkansas, favorite place that you like to go eat? And that's I don't- tough. I know because I <laughs> when I ask people this, I always say to them, I get it, especially because I own a, I, I know a bunch of restaurant tours. I know a bunch of people that own restaurants. So I don't want any one person to feel bad. I've got favorites in a lot of different categories, but yeah. like, what's your go-to? What do you, what do you enjoy? Like something that you, you find here that you can't find in other places. Oh man, that's tough. So I, I have to say that my favorite restaurant for my entire life from the age I was five or six is definitely Slim Chickens. Okay. I remember being five or six. a local, yeah. a local company. Yeah, they're with, up to like- seven. They're expanding now. Yeah. They're definitely expanding, they're but that, that is Fayetteville's pride and joy Absolutely. when it comes to a restaurant. I remember being so. five, six years old and going to eat there. But outside that, because they're pretty big now, I would definitely say Con Quesos or oh, Hugo's. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Those are the two best. Absolutely. Yeah. We mentioned Hugo's earlier. Their french fries are out of this world. They're right <laughs> off the square. And 
Omar Kasem, who's who we've had on the show. He owns Conquesos and Juice Palm. Conquesos is right down south of town, right near, uh, not terribly far from the stadium, right off of the uh, U of A campus at the bottom part. So uh, definitely on MLK. So certainly want to encourage people to check out those places and, you know, you, you won't be disappointed, right? Absolutely so, not. <laughs> yeah, so cool, cool. Well, Tanner Green, I really, really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. Thank you so much for bringing us into an air-conditioned room because it's hot outside <laughs> right now as uh, on the day that we're recording this. And so I'm glad we've had a chance to connect. And I'm sure this won't be our last time communicating. And I'll be sure if anybody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to contact you? You can just send me an email, I guess. What's your email address? <laughs> My email is tanner.green at oculogics.com. Oculogics is O C. U L O G X. So yeah, Tanner.green at Oculogics or just add me on LinkedIn and, and shoot me a message. Absolutely. Um, I'd be and happy to connect. Connect. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And we'll, we'll put all of Tanner's contact information and getfastbags.com as well as the Oculogics website on the show notes so that those listening to this have a chance to check it out. And we hope that you're able to get in contact with this young man because I, I, I suspect he's going to be doing some big things. And one day we may even be looking up at him giving the uh, commencement address speech at the University of Arkansas. So <laughs> that would be kind of cool. So we'll, we'll see what happens. That, that, uh, would be, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, we'll see what happens. So Tanner Green, thank you so much. Awesome. Thank Appreciate you so much, it. Randy. Yeah. Well, there you have it, folks. Another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Big shout out to Tanner Green and the team at Oculogics and the team at GetFastBags.com. Just to give them a quick shout out, please check out GetFastBags.com if you are a company looking to expand and looking to to put your product out there in the most expedient manner possible, you need to check in with Tanner and his team and see how they might be able to help you out. This, of course, is in no way is a sponsor for them, but we're sponsoring them as far as that's concerned. And so we really want to encourage you to check them out. I think this young man's going to do some amazing things in the future. So I'm going to continue to stand on the sidelines and root for him as I would encourage you to do the same. And if you really are uh, moved by this particular episode, you can check out all the other episodes we have at IamNorthwestArkansas.com. And we encourage you to share because as we say, sharing is caring. Wherever you listen to this particular podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google Play, we'd love for you to give us a review. Five-star reviews are great because we love to get that kind of feedback. But if you have some constructive criticism or feedback for us as well, we'll take that too because we wear our big boy pants every day. So that's all I have for you this week. As always, the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast comes out every Monday. So we will see you with another amazing episode next week. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.